0: Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. It's uh, 25 past 10, which means that I have an hour and a half. And happy Mother's Day. For the mums and uh, yeah, well, hopefully, the mums have had a bit more than that this morning. Dads, have you done your job? Val, did you come come good this morning? You, you, yeah, <laughs> okay, okay, see me afterwards, Val. <laughs> Um, and as I thought about Mother's Day actually this morning, I just felt, felt a sense of, to, to say to us that whether or not physically you're a parent, um, there's something that God wants us to take hold of about being spiritual mums and dads and spiritual parents and spiritual older brothers. And that doesn't have to just be with people w- who are within the church. Um, I remember... When I was still teaching, so I was a primary school teacher, and when I was still teaching, we had a, a, a young lad, an 11-year-old in, in year six, so right at the top of primary school, and he'd had a really troubled past. He'd come from a war-torn country. Um, dad, dad was no longer around, and he lived with an older brother. And he, had, he was troubled, and he brought his trouble into school. He brought his trouble into the playground. He was quite often violent and difficult. And uh, he got sent to me one time, and I, I was uh, ready to give him it, you know, give him the what for. <laughs> and, um, and actually, I just felt on this occasion not to do that, so I took him outside into the playground. We sat on a bench outside, and I just talked with him. I don't remember now what I said. And his teacher came to see me a little while later and said, um, he, she said, oh, when he came back in, I said to him, what did Mr. Hopkins say to you? expecting you know that and she said and he said to me he spoke to me like a father it's quite moved I was moved by that and I didn't think that at the time I was particularly doing that but actually that's probably what was happening there was a bit of fathering going on and we have that opportunity to do that not just within the church but in fact everywhere you are you can be spiritual Older brothers, older sisters, mothers, and fathers. Okay? So whether you are a physical parent today or not, you have the potential and capacity to be a spiritual brother, sister, father, mother in the places where God's given you, where God's put you. Take it seriously. Yeah, don't downplay it. Look for opportunities to do that. Now, there's, there's a watchword word. That I want to add to that and that is that Jesus is quite clear in one there's one little verse that probably we don't come across very often where he he says don't let anyone call you father and what he's talking about there is he's talking to, to the Pharisees who had set themselves up to be something that they shouldn't. And when we take on this role of being spiritual older brothers or older sisters or fathers or mothers, we must be careful that it doesn't somehow become our identity. And I can speak personally about that because there have been times when I've fathered some of my students. So now I don't teach little ones, I teach big ones. And there have been times when I felt like, oh, I'm fathering you at the moment. And I have to be careful that that doesn't somehow become my identity. And actually, within the church, what Jesus is saying when he says, don't let anyone call you father, is he's saying, look, there's only one father. That's where you're pointing them. You're never wanting people to come to that place where they are dependent on you. But you are pointing them upwards. And that is a high and mighty privilege to be able to do that. Some of you will do that. Some of you will be doing that at university. Some of you will do that where you are at college or university or at football. wherever you are, you have an opportunity to be spiritual parents and siblings, older brothers, older sisters in the workplace. You have that. Never, ever downplay that. Look for the opportunities. There may be some this week for you to be a spiritual parent or a spiritual sibling. Okay, well, we are carrying on. That's nothing to do with what I'm speaking about at all today. Um, we are carrying on with our series on parables. And I wasn't in last week. I was on crate, but I hear that Hannah did a superb job. Is that right? Yeah. And it was the, the mustard seed. Is that right? Yeah, okay. And so we're going on to the next parable it's a very short one so I'll have I'm going to have words with Owen about this because it was he didn't give me much to work on here <laughs> um and it's the parable of the leaven anybody know what leaven is what's leaven it's a raising agent. Uh, right it's a raising agent it might be a chemical one it could be something like yeast but it, it's the agent that bakers use or, or people use if they're making bread Or cakes to make the the dough rise, so we get those air bubbles in the bread. It's it's light, and also it can add to to the taste and the flavour. So um, examples of bread that aren't leavened would be things like Indian chapatis or tortillas. Things like that would be unleavened bread. Yeah, but leaven is needed to make the bread that most of us eat. Bread is a bit of my downfall. Okay, when I'm trying to watch my weight a bit. And I'm trying to cut down the carbs. The one I really struggle with is bread. And the thing is about bread, there's the stuff that goes with it, like butter and big chunks of cheese, you know what I mean? Yeah, bread is the enemy sometimes. but. Um, but then God says that he's given us bread. Talks about bread for the body and wine and oil to make people's face shine. So bread's a gift from God. But, uh, and I keep telling myself that every time I, I give in. It's, I'm just giving in to your gift, Lord. Thank you. For it. So anyway, but that's, yes, that's what, what leaven is. And that word parable... I looked up what the word parable meant. And it's interesting. It comes from two Greek words, para para, uh, and then uh, balo, okay? Parabolo is the actual Greek word, parabolo. And it means, so para always means beside or next to or with. So the Holy Spirit is called the parakletos. Isn't that lovely? The parakletos and the kletos bit is one who calls beside. So he's with you and he calls beside you, and pa- parabola, pa- parabola, which is parable, means to cast beside. And it literally what it means is that you're casting an example beside a truth. You're casting a picture, or you're casting a story, or you're casting an analogy or a metaphor beside something that is true, to try and help people to grasp a truth and this parable of the leaven comes within a number of parables that we're going to look at in over the next few weeks where Jesus is talking about what the kingdom of God is like it was interesting quite a lot of our songs this morning was, were about the kingdom and Josh and I didn't talk beforehand but quite a lot of it was about the kingdom coming Holy Spirit you're welcome here change the atmosphere stuff about God's kingdom coming and this parable is, is one of the ways that Jesus is trying to explain what the kingdom is like and how it comes. So we're going to look at um, Matthew chapter 13 and the words should come up and it's verses 33 through to about 34, 35. And this is what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you made plain what had been hidden since the creation of the world and that we now are recipients of that. We thank you that we have your very words written down for us that tell us what the kingdom is like and we have your Holy Spirit in us who breathes into us and breathes on your words, bringing them alive for us 2,000 years later. And uh, we ask you'll speak to us, you'll encourage us, you'll correct us where we need correction. And you will glorify your name through our time together this morning, we ask it in Jesus' name. So I just have a few observations on this very short um, parable. And uh, we're just going to go through those. And then at the end, we might, we might just listen to, listen to something if we get a bit of time towards the end. So first of all, the kingdom of God, might, we might consider it on, a, on two levels. Because there's this, this big idea of the kingdom of God, the macro level if you like, the kingdom of God that is about the whole earth and about his plan for his universe that he created, that, that he started off, that he will wrap up like a worn-out garment at the end. There's this idea of the kingdom, the big picture. But then there's also the idea of the kingdom, which is the smaller picture, and that's the kingdom that is within us. And one of the things that Jesus said when the Pharisees said to him at one point, it's recorded in Luke's Gospel, they said to him, when is the kingdom coming? You know, what's it going to be like? And they are thinking about a kingdom that's going to come with authority and with influence and with a, with a strong leader. And Jesus says this to them, the kingdom of God does not come visibly with observation, nor will people say, see, it's here. Or see, it's there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And so we get this this double-sided thing where, yes, the kingdom of God is this thing that's going to break out, but it's also the thing that happens in here. And Jesus says, it's actually, it's within you. So three things about this kingdom that we might be able to take from this picture, this parabola of the leaven and what that might mean. So the first thing, that Jesus talks about. is He says it's hidden. The kingdom can start small, it can be hidden, and it can appear unremarkable. It's interesting that Jesus uses his stories from everyday life. One of the commentators said, he probably saw his mother doing this. And Jesus just picks up a picture of everyday life. You know, C.S. Lewis often talks about at really richly about us opening our eyes to the physical world around us because he talks about a sunbeam tracing it back up to its source. What he's saying there is that actually God can speak to us through the most mundane and half the time we have our eyes closed to it. So it's just a little encouragement there. Jesus used stuff that was just going on around him. He saw God in it. And it's good for us to do that too. Do you ever pause when you're walking to work? Do you ever pause and look at the sunrise? Do you ever, on those days when you get the sun and the moon, you know, on a day, and sometimes you look, well, this is odd. I thought the moon's supposed to be out at night, but yet there's a really clear moon. Does that ever, does that ever stop you? Oh, sometimes I think that when I'm walking to work and I see people head down run, get into the station, and I get it because I do that sometimes, but head down, and yet there is this amazing sunrise. Is nobody noticing this? As Christians, we should be noticing those things. We should be noticing the ordinary and the mundane, you know, the flavour of something we're eating. Oh, God, thank you. This is just rich. Oh, Lord, you're rich in everything you provide. It's one of the reasons why behind us saying grace Giving thanks for our food as it just brings us back to a normal everyday thing that points us towards him. And out of all the people in the earth, we should be those who are recognizing in the day to day, oh, God's hands at work, oh, this points towards him. You might not have read your Bible that morning, but you know what? God is not gonna hold that against you he will still be prepared and willing to speak to you, even if you've not read your Bible that morning. He has a myriad of ways of speaking to you, if only your eyes are open to it. So be aware. This week, going to work tomorrow, going about your business tomorrow, look around you. See how God is speaking to you. Now, I'm not saying don't read your Bible, but if you haven't managed to, don't let that limit God, all right? He's not sitting there with his checklist. Hmm, didn't read the Bible today. I ain't speaking to her. That's not what our father is like. That's not what our father is like. The kingdom can be hidden. It can come through normal things. It can be, appear unremarkable. And this is interesting because Jesus himself is described in this way in Isaiah 53. You see, the Jews were looking for someone impressive to come and be the Savior. But this is what it says about Jesus He had no form or majesty that we should look at Him, and no beauty that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. When Jesus talks about the leaven being hidden and unremarkable, he's also talking about himself. The the, the Jews were not expecting someone like this. So when the kingdom appears small, and hidden, what should we do? What is our reaction when we are looking around us and thinking, God, are you really in this? Are you really here? Are you really working in me? Are you really working in the places where I am? It just seems hidden and small and nothing seems to be happening. What should we do in those circumstances? Well, okay, here's here's three suggestions. First of all, don't despise the day of small beginnings. That's what the Bible tells us don't despise the day of small beginnings. You remember the story of the Old Testament prophet who sends his servant up, prays for rain, and sends his servant up seven times to go and look. And eventually the servant comes down and he says, oh, I can see a cloud the size of a man's hand. If you're waiting, don't despise the day of small beginnings. What else can we do? Well, if we're waiting because the kingdom seems small and it seems hidden. We exercise faith and trust while we wait. That's not blind faith. And this is where the Bible is helpful, because it is full of promises, and that's what we hold on to. While we're waiting, we hold on to his precious promises. Yeah, Paul describes the Bible as being full of precious promises, if the kingdom seems small, if it doesn't seem to be going very fast, if it's not very obvious at the moment, in your own life, in your own sphere, in our own nation at the moment, what do we do? We hold on to his precious promises while we wait. We trust. Jesus said this to Thomas. You believe because you've seen me. And he said something interesting. Blessed, happy, contented are those who've not seen and yet believe. There's something blessed about it. I don't quite understand that but Jesus said, says that when we don't see and we believe there's something blessed about it. There's something blessed about it. Exercise faith and trust. Last thing that maybe we do when it, the kingdom appears small and hidden. We remember that we are an advent people okay we're an advent people when um, when Jesus was 12 days old his parents took him to the temple which was the tradition the Israelite tradition and while they're there a man called Simeon comes up to them and it says in the Bible that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel and he was a righteous man he was waiting and uh, at Christmas time we have that period don't we of, of waiting Advent those four Sundays leading up to Christmas their time of waiting but actually that season of Advent is not just for the church about waiting for Christmas it's a picture that we are still an Advent people we are still waiting The Bible describes us as, it uses a strange word that we don't use very often now, sojourners, sojourners. And a a sojourner is someone who, uh, if you translate the word from the Greek, a sojourner is someone who is in an alien country, it's not their own land, but they're alongside the people of that land. In fact, it actually means travelling through. A sojourner is travelling through but alongside the people of the land. We are sojourners. And sometimes when the kingdom is small and we can't see it, actually we can feel depressed and down by that. But actually, do you know what? If you are feeling like this world is comfortable for you all the time, well, then there's something wrong. Because the kingdom is in you, and you are a sojourner in this land. But you're a sojourner alongside the people of this world which means that you can bring blessing to them while you're traveling through so if There are times when you think, gosh, the kingdom seems hidden, it seems slow, it seems ineffective, it seems like it's not bringing about any change or any difference, I don't seem to be doing anything that brings about any difference, I'm praying for my work colleagues, or I'm doing this the mundane, I'm praying for my fellow students, whatever it is, nothing seems to be happening. No, the the day of small beginnings shouldn't be despised. And we are awaiting people. You can bless the people alongside you, but never forget That you're not going to feel comfortable because you're a stranger and an alien, you're a sojourner, you're traveling through. Okay? So there should be a sense in which we feel a bit uncomfortable and a bit out of place sometimes, and that's okay. Because actually, if we don't feel like that, there's probably something a little bit wrong. So while we wait, we remember that we're sojourners. Okay. It starts small and it can be hidden. The other thing about leaven, about yeast, is that it's pervasive. It touches everything. Okay, you only have to leave it there for a little while. You cover it over, you go away. And actually, after a while, the whole batch of dough is almost infected by it. Okay, It's pervasive. Now, interestingly, in the Bible, the vast majority of references to leaven are negative. They're about sort of sin and about trying to keep, keep sin away. And the Passover feast, which um, you know, Jews celebrate now, they, they still do what God commanded, which is they make sure they've cleared their house of yeast and uh, anything like that. They clean their cupboards. They scrub the cupboards in the kitchen to clear it out. Because there was a picture, and there is a picture in the New Testament and the Old, of yeast being like a a picture of sin and how sin infects. Jesus in this parable turns that on its head. So actually what he's saying here is that the kingdom is like this. It's pervasive. It affects everything it touches. And that's you. You affect everything you touch. Paul describes us as being like shines that stars that shine in the universe okay Jesus talks about us being the light of the world and being like salt okay we are there to affect those around us and don't ever feel like that's not true of you because the very fact that God has put you in the place He's put you means that you are there as the light of the world, as, a salt, as the salt to bring preservation and flavor. You are there to make a difference. Yeast is pervasive; it pervades, it pervades everything. We t- we talked we were talking earlier um, just in the prayer meeting about the, the if you like the, the common good that Christians can bring. God has put us in the world to make a difference. If you look back in history, hospitals, where did they come from? They came from the church. Charities, vast majority of them. Orphanages started off by Christians. God's put us here to bless the earth, and we are to be pervasive, okay? And you are to be pervasive where you are, where God has put you, and to expect that his kingdom will infect those around you as it infects you. But do you know the other thing is that sometimes we can be a bit discouraged. I don't know if you are ever discouraged about how slow the process of change seems to be in you, yourself. When you struggle with that sin and stuff that just seems to come back, Week after week, month after month, you're still struggling with it. And the speed of change seems to be so slow in you. But his kingdom is pervasive in you. His kingdom is pervasive in you. It spreads in you. And the very reason that you feel sometimes uncomfortable in the world is evidence that his kingdom is pervasive in you you are no longer comfortable with some of the stuff you used to be comfortable with. And that is because however far you might feel from being the person you want to be, he is at work in you. And he will bring it to completion. John Newton was the slave trader who wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. And uh, he, I've said these words before, I'm sure, he says this, I'm not the man I want to be. I'm not the man I ought to be. I'm not the man I wish to be. But thank God I'm not the man I used to be. And you can say that. Every one of you here can say that. Oh, thank God I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not the woman I used to be because he is pervasive in me. The kingdom is pervasive. I might feel like it's slow and I might feel like... I'm not getting there as quickly as I I would like, but, oh, God, you are at work in me. And he who began a good work will do what? He'll bring it to completion until the day of Christ because the kingdom of God is not about you. It's about him. And he is pervasive in you. And if you will allow him, he will continue to be pervasive in you. The thing is, once the yeast gets going, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. He's pervasive. And the last thing, it is unstoppable. It is unstoppable. Uh, We sometimes, um, I think, forget uh, the extent to which the Christian gospel spread and how quickly it spread. Uh, In around 60 AD, uh, Peter... Was martyred. And in 250 AD, so that's nearly 200 years later, Christians are still being martyred in the Roman Empire. But by 320 AD, Christianity has become the most dominant faith. And the Roman Emperor Constantine forbids the worship of idols or any other god but Christ. And the gospel spreads because the Roman Empire at that point is the biggest empire in the world. It reaches out even to the UK. And this, the Bible says that the gospel just spreads like that. It's unstoppable. So when you're feeling like, do you know what, I just, there's a barrier here. I'm not sure we're going to get through this one. I don't see how God can get through this. His kingdom is like the yeast. It's like the leaven. It's completely unstoppable. Uh, Paul talks, or oh, it's Peter actually, who talks about although you don't see him, you love him. There's something about we don't see it yet. We don't see it yet. We are we're on the in-between. We're in this period where... We're between his first advent and his second advent. And the day comes when the second advent comes and Jesus describes it as being lightning that will flash across the sky. He says, you know, don't believe anybody who says, oh, he's here, he's come, he's over there, he's here, Uh, I've seen him. He says, no, 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 don't don't, don't believe things like that because actually when I come again, it will be like lightning that flashes across the sky. There will be a day. We live in in the in-between at the moment. In between the two advents but there will be a day when he will come and it will be unstoppable the kingdom in you is it might be small and it might appear um, a little bit hidden but don't despise the day of small beginning the kingdom in you is utterly pervasive don't doubt that. And the kingdom in you is completely unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Because he who began a good work in you, will complete, he will complete it. And his kingdom on the, micro, on the macro level, so the kingdom in me, but how about the kingdom on the macro level and the big big picture where we don't see it yet? Well, again, Peter talks about we don't see everything under his feet yet. But he says that the day will come and we will. We will see everything under his feet that day will come. And so we hold out in faith for that day. The kingdom of God is like leaven. Don't, Don't doubt it. When you feel uncomfortable in your place of work or with your family members who aren't Christians and you feel a little bit out of place, do you know what, be encouraged by that? It means his kingdom is at work in you and the things that before you could tolerate you cannot tolerate anymore because there is another kingdom you are no longer of the kingdom of this world and that was pervasive in you before and in me that was the leaven that needed to be cleared out and there was only one person who could do that and that was Jesus and he cleared out that leaven and he gave you a clean cupboard And now there is the leaven of his kingdom that is in you. Be encouraged. What we're going to do to finish is uh, we are going to do something a little bit unusual if the technology works. And that is we're going to, okay, Bill says the technology is going to work. And we're going to listen to something that was written uh, about 250 years ago. About 250 years ago, this was written. And um, there is a a sort of a legend that grew up um, around this thing we're going to listen to. And the legend was that when King George II heard it for the first time in a concert hall, he stood. And when King George II stood, if the king stood, everybody had to stand. And uh, ever since then, whenever this music is played in a concert, everybody has to stand okay so so we're going to listen to this piece of music which talks about the kingdom which talks about the king of this kingdom and we're going to just stand and listen to it and worship through it maybe and then we're going to close okay so let's stand Father, we thank you that although it may be hidden the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ and you shall reign forever and ever King of Kings and Lord of Lords and although we may not see it yet the day will come and we will see every power and authority under your feet and we want to remember that when we walk into the world tomorrow morning that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ and we are carriers of that kingdom because the kingdom is within us and so we pray that as carriers of your kingdom your kingdom will advance even through us that we will take our responsibilities as kingdom bearers seriously that we will look to be spiritual mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters to a hurting world around us and that your kingdom might come. Just, Lord Jesus, as you instructed us to pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we worship you we bless you, we praise you, we declare, we believe that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and that you are King of kings and Lord of lords and we ask that you would take your rightful place in us now and always. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording.